0: In the midst of everything that's been happening, a lot of panic has been going around. People have been... um, Things have been shut down. It's been crazy. But I want to let you know this is our stand that the church does not back down no matter what's going on in this earth. That the church is not afraid for whatever's going on in the world. Because the church has the answer to the situations that are happening in this earth. And I know many of the churches throughout the week have been canceling services, have been doing online services, and as a, as a caution for uh, cities and mayors and say no gatherings over 250 crowds, and many people are counseling that some of the church, but I want to let you know that the wildfire church does not back down no matter what happens on this earth. Amen.
1: And I know people have called me today saying, hey, I can't make it. I need to go to the hospital. Something's going on and I'm sick and stuff like that. And we keep praying for them. But I'm going to tell you that Wildfire is still going to be open because Wildfire is a church that is believing God. is a strong God. Because I, we don't believe what the world is going We believe what God is saying in our midst. And if our God is in our midst, then our healer is in our midst. Then our protector is in our midst. Then our savior is in our midst. Then the king of kings is in our midst. So I, it, it says, if, if, if God is with me, who can be against me? There is no virus, there is no war, there is no famine, there is no fight. Because if God is with me, nobody can be against me. If God is my healer, then I don't care if there's no vaccine for the coronavirus. The blood of God has washed me and has created everything new. There is a supernatural protection for those who believe in God. And as church, in the last times, in the least last times, we need to understand who is in our side. We need to understand what God is doing because if we as a church get caught up with all the commotion and all the emotion and what everybody's talking about, then what we're doing is we're saying that the problems of the world is bigger than the God that created it. I'm going to repeat that again. If the church gets caught up with the problems and the situations that are happening on this earth, then we're saying that the, pro- that the earth is bigger than the one who created it. There is nothing that can escape the wisdom of God. There is nothing that he does not know what's going to happen. And people freak out. And people go out. But they forget that there is still a God. God. That there is a God that even before the coronavirus, there was a God who was healing the leper. There was a God who healed the blind. There was a God who who straightened people's bones. There is a God who brought people from the dead. There is a God that even the grave couldn't stop them. This is the God who I believe. It is a, a God who does the impossible possible. It is a God who doesn't sleep it is a God who takes care of you 24 7. It is a God who still does miracles to this earth. There is a God that's right here in the midst of us. And we have to see our victory. I love that song. I, we have to see that victory. We have to fight the battles, not by getting scared, not by paying attention to what. We need to fight our battles when our worship. That that we have to say, like Joshua say, as for me and this house, we shall serve the Lord. It doesn't matter that people are freaking out. I, I, I'm being serious. It doesn't matter what people are freaking out. They're shutting down. The economy is happening. Let me tell you, for a Christian who reads the Bible, there is no surprise on this. Because God has been talking about this for a long time. God has been warning his people for a long time. And the problem is when we don't read the word of God and these things are happening in this earth, we freak out. We say the world's coming into an end. Noah has been preaching that for a long time. Jesus has been preaching that for a long time. But when some scientist or some newspaper decided that he discovered that the world is ending 2020, we believe more on the people who were created by God than the God who gave the wisdom to the people. We believe more in 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 an unwise, uncorrupted, on a fleshly person who dies than a being that is the Alpha and the Omega that is not corrupted by any virus. That he's not, his mind doesn't change for what people say. Hey, that, that no matter what, no matter if nobody shows up to church, he shows up to church. Because his name is faithful. His name is true. He said, he said, not where 500 gathers, not where 200 people gather. No, where two or three I gather, there is my presence between them. So people run scared. We don't believe what's happening. We freak out. We lock ourselves out. We have a a saying here at Walford Church. We are bold and courageous in the Lord. That we will go out there And we will preach that there is a God who is coming. That there is a God who has the answer. There is a God who still is healing. Right now, if you haven't read, in China, the Christian church is standing up and is going out to the street saying, There is a healer in our midst. This is the time where the scientists are going to know who God is. With a medicine who doesn't have the answer, is going to find out that there is a God who all the answers are in. The church needs to stand up in this moment. The church needs to begin to preach it. That there is a Savior. That there is found healing in His blood. Let me tell you, church, you are, you are holy, you are separated. And how we read that that plague that, that verse before, there is no plague. There is nothing that can touch those who are covering of the Lord. The Lord, the Bible says that the Lord is like almost like a chicken that covers his, his people, that protects his people. The Holy Spirit is among his people. There is nothing that can go over my God. There is nothing that can go through my God. And while you're there worrying about toilet paper, my God is with you 24-7. Make sure that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. There is, I, I'm telling you, these are the last times and you are just beginning to see what's going to happen in this earth. This is what I want to tell you, church, that you might be busy thinking about some drama at work or drama at your house, but this is not the time to be playing church because you're in the middle of the end or you're at the beginning of the end. And we have no time, church. We have no time. Will you go with me to Exodus chapter 4? Because I'm, I want to prove the church that this has been going on since the beginning since more than 2,000 years ago we look at the book of exodus which is the second book in the bible and we go to all the way to chapter 4 verse 21 to 23 if you don't have it it's up there for you but again we're gonna go to exodus chapter 4 verse 21 to 23 when you have it say amen and here at Walford Church, we, we, we speak, we, we talk, amen. So if you have it, say a strong amen, and we're going to stand up for the awareness of God. Amen? Amen? The Word of God reads like this in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Lord told Moses, when you arrive back to Egypt, Go to Pharaoh and perform all the miracles I have empowered you to. But I will harden his heart. So he will refuse to let the people go. Then you will tell him, this is what the Lord says. Listen to this. Israel is my firstborn son. I commanded you, let my son go. So that he can worship me. But since you refused. I will now kill your firstborn son. You may be seated. I want to talk about. Under the title of this preaching. If you're writing down. I'm telling you. If you come here. You're writing notes. Write notes. I'm really happy with the youth of this church. They take notes. And that's amazing, and I love them for that, for youth taking notes because they need to know what's happening. So the title of this preaching is called It's a Setup. It's a Setup. Since 2020 started, we have seen crazy things happening in this earth. First, we saw the fires that wouldn't back down. The earth was burning.
0: There was no solution.
1: After the fire of of what started to burn, then the earth started to shake. Earthquakes were happening. Nonstop in Puerto Rico, we saw the disaster of people. We saw how the economic of the people were shaking. Hospitals were shaking. The poor people were shaking. The earth was destroyed. And it didn't stop there. After the earth shook, man decided to go to war. Missiles were fired. Generals were killed. People's fear just spread more. People's anxiety just spread more. The fear of an attack on the United States was the highest that has ever been. In the midst of fires and an earthquake, now we have to deal with what if we get attacked. The economy was already shaken. What if we get attacked? And in the middle of all of that, we have the impeachment of our president. That hasn't happened for such a long time. We see the proceedings happening. And now we were uncertain of our leaders in this earth. What was going to happen? And that was only in January or February. And we thought we were all good. We thought February was gone. And here comes March. And the new virus comes out. Someone who has never been seen before. Who already started to infect people started to kill people, started to kill the elderies. governments started to shut down. Hospitals could not deal with the problem of the increasing uh, uh, epidemic that was happening in China. One of the biggest importers of goods to the world, China, was struck down to the whole entire world. Every nation felt it. Every nation was standing at all, what was going to happen? Everybody was panicking. There was no vaccine. There was no drug that could cure it. Everybody started to shut down. Even here at the United States, we thought we were safe because we're across the world until it hit home, until we started to see the news getting more and more. Washington. California, Florida, so on and so forth. More cases started to come. We couldn't stop the spread of what's going to happen. People started to shut down. Jobs started to uh, uh, let go. People saying stay at home. Schools started to shut down. The doctors were afraid. And what we couldn't figure out is what's going to happen. The churches started to worry. The mayor's and, and the governor started to say, no more people. We need to start to spread. We need to stop it right now because it's going to wipe us out. It's going to spread everywhere. But I want to what I want to tell you is that God is not surprised by this because God already warned the people that this was going to happen. And that word, I want you to write this word down because that has a name. And that's my first point for today. It's called foreshadow. Foreshadow. It's my first point for today. Foreshadow. So shadow and then F-O-R-E before that. F-O-R-E and then shadow. I'm going to give you the definition of what that means. Because I want you to write it down. I want you to clear expectation to what I'm talking about. Foreshadow definition is this. It's a warning or an indication of a future event. I'm going to repeat those for those who are taking notes. Foreshadow means it's a warning or an indication of a future event and I want to explain it like this I want you to remember this whenever I don't know if when, when you're gone in the in the daytime, if you're gone outside and there's sun outside, everybody who here have seen your, I mean hopefully everybody's seen your shadow, raise your hand have, have you ever seen your shadow because if not, we'll pray some kind of some kind of angel or something, demon, we gotta pray for you anyways Shadow. <clears throat> I want you to think about this because I'm going to explain it like this. When you are walking and you're going to the corner of something and you see a shadow coming the opposite way, before you see a person, you see their shadow. Before you see the person coming, you see their shadow. So the shadow, it's a warning or an indication of the future event. The future event is the person coming around the corner. Depending on the shape of the shadow, you know what what it is. Hopefully it's just a person, not an animal. Because if it's an animal and you see a shadow, you're probably running away because you're scared. Especially at night. But the thing is, depending on what that looks like, then you know who was coming. That's our foreshadow. Now I want to explain this to you. Go with me to Matthew 24. I want to take your time to explain. Because I want the church to know what's happening. Matthew 24, we'll be looking at verse 4 to 14. Take notes, church, because I don't want anybody to be panicking. I don't want anybody to to be scared. It's Matthew 24, verse 4 to 14. When you have it, say amen. I know we have it up there. Amen? We're under foreshadowing. This is what the Lord said. In Matthew 24, verse 4 to 14, look at this. Look at this. It's very important. Let nobody fool you, guys. Jesus told them, don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of, look at this, you will hear of wars, threats of war, but don't panic. Jesus is saying right here, right now, 2,000 years ago, don't panic. And then he keeps saying, yes, these things must take place. But hey, but the end won't follow immediately. For those people saying this is the end, 2,000 years ago, the Son of God wrote these words. The the end won't follow immediately. Verse 7. Nations will go to war against nations. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes as many parts of the world. But is what Jesus saying. But all this, it's only the first of the birth pains with more to come. Then, after all this, listen, church, after all this, it says, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. Hey, for you, Christian, you will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many, this is sad, and many will turn away from me, betray me, and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. But listen to this this is the good part. But the one who endures until the end will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom of God will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. And then, everybody says, and then, and then the end will come. I want you to write three points that you might have not picked it up but I want you to write it down because sometimes you have to slow down the world, the word You sometimes you have to eat it, you have to chew it and here's what Jesus in the New Testament New Testament 2000 years ago was telling everybody what was coming next, three points this is what's going to happen to those, if you're here to the ones who believes in him look, look what he was saying, number one, he said this point number one, very important don't let anyone mislead you. This is very important for you, for Christians. Don't let the news mislead you. Don't let the government mislead you. Don't let false prophets mislead you. Don't let anyone. Anyone means anyone. Write that down. Highlight it. Cross it. Underline it. Don't let anyone mislead you. Number two, hey, don't panic. Don't panic. This is Jesus saying, hey, I know what's going on. Don't panic. Tell the person next to you, hey, don't panic. Chill out, cuz. Chill out, cuz. Don't panic. Jesus said it. Number three, this is what he also says. This has to happen. This has to happen. That means that you can't stop it. No matter how many you time you say, in Jesus' name, the coronavirus will go away. No, this has to happen. This has to happen. That's number three. And number four, the most important of all. Number four, endure. You have to endure. You have to stay strong. You have to keep moving forward. You have to do it. And I want to break it down to your church. I, I I know that maybe you want to preach but you want to be excited and be yelling and screaming, but I want to break it down to you because of what God said, with the first one. I'm really worried about the first one, the first point that I just gave you. Don't let anybody mislead you. So I'm about to teach you and break down the word for you so nobody can mislead you. Amen? Are you okay with that? Say amen. Amen. Okay. So I took two words that Jesus said, mislead and deceive. Mislead and deceive. And I said, you know what? Deceive, what is deceive? What is mislead? Is it the same thing? Does it mean the same thing? And I looked it up, and it doesn't. And this is what I want you to write down, because you need to know the difference between somebody misleading you and somebody deceiving you. We're going to start with mislead. Mislead. Whenever you guys are ready, say amen, and I'll give you the definition. Amen? Mislead is to cause someone to cause someone to have a... A wrong idea to have to cause sorry to cause someone to have the wrong idea or impression about someone or something. Again, to cause someone to have a wrong idea or impression about someone or something. Does anybody need it again? Say amen. So somebody who's misleading you is giving you to think the wrong idea about a person or something. How do I do that? I can mislead somebody. Oh, you know, uh, uh, for example, uh, my brother Fox, He just he's the worst. He's a gossiper. You know how he'd be sitting there by himself? It's because he's gossiping to everybody. And somebody who is new, who doesn't know our brother Fox, he's going to get the wrong idea of what he is. So he had the wrong idea. So now when he goes to, like, let me not get closer to our brother because he's a gossiper. So that somebody misled somebody. And that creates a root of misleading, a root of separation. So again, I want you to look at the news and tell you because everybody thinks that when you get the coronavirus, you die. You got the coronavirus, you die. Hey, you go outside and you sneeze, you got the coronavirus, you're about to die. But that is wrong. The media is misleading you. The people who are being affected by this, it's 60 or years or older with an underlying condition and a weak immune system. Those who are people who is fatal to. 60 or above with an underlying conditions and a weak immune system. So all them 20-year-olds or 30-year-olds who are freaking out buying toilet paper, let me tell you, you have been misled. Misled. This is the second word, deceive, deceive, the difference between misleading and deception or deceiving, the word deceiving, if you're ready for the definition, say amen, amen, here we go, the definition for deceiving is to cause someone to believe something that is not true. Typically to gain some personal advantage. Again, to cause someone to believe something that is not true. Typically to gain some personal advantage. That's what deceiving means. How what 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 are you talking about, Pastor Mike? What does that mean? This is this is. This is what deceiving means. Deceiving means is that I'm going to tell you this. Hey, if every single one of you don't give me $100 right now as a pastor, you will not be blessed and you will not go to heaven. That's what the Word of God said. Because, Because the Word of God says that those who do not work do not eat, and those who work are to serve the pay. So me as a pastor, you need to give me $100 every time because I work in the church. And if you don't, you're not doing the word of God. And some people are like, oh my God, let me drop my
0: $100.
1: But that is deceiving the people. I am deceiving you to doing something that I want so I can gain some profit. So Jesus said, hey, don't let anybody... Deceive you and mislead you. And how can we as a church, let, don't let anybody deceive or mislead? Easy. Those two words are rooted in a lie. Those two words start with saying something that is not true. So how do I say truth? There's only one person who is the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Everybody who comes in me, I'll find eternal life. So the word of God is the truth. If you want to know what's happening in the earth or what's going to happen, you must get into the word of God. You must pray into his presence. But those who do not, who do not stay in the word of God, those who do not come to church and receive word will be deceived and misled by the news, by a government, by people who want to gain something from them. And at the end, Jesus says, many will betray me. Many are going to leave me. Because they don't believe in the truth that I'm saying. Because they're focusing on their financial issues rather than the word of God that is saying that I am the owner and the creator of the gold and silver. That I will open the heavens and I shall pour out the blessing that he is the one who provides. That's what the word of God says. So if we want to stay in truth as a church, if we don't want to run scared every time a bomb goes off or a virus comes in or an earthquake comes in, you need to know who God is. That means that you're on shaky ground. That means that you're not standing on a rock, but are standing in stand. And every time something new comes on, you get worried and panic. That every time there's, let's call it the wave of earthquakes, oh my God, I can't sleep anymore because of the earthquake. But the Bible says, I shall lie in my bed and sleep because the Lord shall provide for me peace. I shall not be afraid of anything because the Lord is with me. The Lord is with me. Know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. These people are being put into bondage of fear, of anxiety, of depression. The world is going into panic. Why? Because it's all a setup. It's all a setup for the Antichrist to come and take control. It is all setting up so when everybody is in panic, so when everybody is at war, The Antichrist will come and say, I have the peace. Follow me. But Jesus, saying, you need to endure. You need to stand strong in your belief. You don't, don't let a virus scare you. Because my God is greater than a virus. I'm telling you, my God defeated death. My God defeated death, leprosy, blindness, whatever you put, through at him. Hey, issue of the blood, you're healed in the name of Jesus. You have depression, you're healed in the name of Jesus. You have an addiction, you're healed in the name of Jesus. Hey, you can't walk, you're going to walk in the name of Jesus. You can't talk, you're going to talk in the name of Jesus. There is nothing impossible in him. It's all a setup. It's all a setup. And people are just saying, hey, 2020, the world is ending. It's all a setup. Look at what it says. Look at Matthew 24. We're going to go right to the same chapter. You're just going to go down to verse 36. Because now everybody's saying all the world's ending. 2020, verse 36 to, to 44. I want you to know this. Church, this is very important for you to write down because I don't want anybody coming up to me saying, oh, Pastor Mike, uh, some Jewish scientists discovered that in the Bible says that 2020, I already read it, that they are in the news that somebody posted that a, a rabbi, a Jewish person, scientist, with the biased colors went into the Bible and in the Old Testament in the in the old language and they discovered that the Bible said that in 2020 the world was going to end and I'm just like here we go it already started Matthew 24 look what it says verse 36 when you have it say amen this is what Jesus is saying however No one, everybody says no one, say it again, say it louder, no one one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen, not even the angels, so I don't want to hear somebody I got a revelation from an angel, because Jesus says not even an angel in heaven, or the son of man himself, not even Jesus, only the father knows, who knows? Who knows? Say it louder. Verse 37, look what this says. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like Noah's day. What is Noah's day? This is what he says. In those days before the flood, people were enjoying banquets. They were getting married. They were having parties. They were having weddings. Right up to the time Noah entered the boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all the way. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Verse 14, look at this. This is how it's going to be. When Jesus comes for his church, he says, verse 14, Two men will be working together in the field. You'll be at your job. Whether it's me at Universal, whether it's a moving company, Ross, wherever you're working, you'll be working. You'll be at school. One will be taken. And the other one will be left. So you'll be working, talking, ringing up somebody. Cooking something. Boom. One is gone. One stayed. Verse 41. Two women will be grinding the flour at the mill. Two women will be haciendo arroz con pollo. Están haciendo la chuleta frita. You know, the pork chops. And you're cooking that good food. And boom. One will be left with the frying pan, the other one will be with Jesus. Verse 42, this is very important because Jesus is talking to you in this one. So you too must keep watch. Must keep what? Say it louder. For you don't know what day the Lord is coming. Understand this. If you have to write this down, underline, whatever, but you need to understand this. This is very important. Understand this, if somebody knew exactly when the thief was coming, he will keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready at all times, because the Son of Man will come when you least expect it. When you believe everything is okay, when you say, hey, 2020 is my year, and you're having the year of abundance of your life, and you're having all this, boom, that's the moment that Jesus comes. It's not when everything goes bad, because when everything is going south, everybody's panicking, everybody's on alert, everybody is, uh, <laughs> but when everything is calm and everybody falls back into that relaxed mode, is when you need to keep watch. It's when this church needs to keep watch. Is when we need to go out and spread the gospel. It is very important to spread the gospel of Jesus. We're not, listen, I, we're not here to go out and condemn the world because Jesus says, I didn't came to condemn the world, but to save the world. So we're out there to tell the people, hey, Jesus loves you. Jesus has a solution for you. It's very important for that. So you ask me all of this, what does that got to do with the Corona biters? What has got to do with what's going on with what we just read at the beginning? Well, follow me and I'm going to explain what Exodus 4 means. We just heard Jesus himself said that what was going to happen in the future, and that was in the New Testament. But God wrote about it a long time ago, way before the New Testament, in the story of Exodus. Listen, we saw God, Exodus, I'm going to explain this to you for people who do not know we saw God took His people outside of, Is- oh, sorry, outside of Egypt, out of slavery, to fulfill a promise He had told Abraham four hundred years before that. So why did God take the Israelites out of Egypt? Because of a promise he made to Abraham. And there is a promise that we just read that these things have to happen, that the Son of God will come again. And in this story, check this out, because the story of Exodus is a foreshadow of what is happening right now. What does that mean, Pastor Mike? It means that what happened at the Exodus, what happened in Egypt with those Israelites, is exactly what's happening right now, March 2020, right now. This is what is happening. You're like, I don't get it. I'm about to explain it to you. But first I want to I want to talk to you about the promise because it's very important and that's in Genesis chapter 15 I think it's up there as well Genesis chapter 15 verse 13 and 14 I want to break it down We're studying the Bible so nobody deceive or mislead Genesis chapter 15 Verse 13 to 14, when you have a say amen. This is the promise God made to Abraham, even before he had any kids, before anything was happening. This is this says like this. Then the Lord said to Abraham, he wasn't even called Abraham yet, he was called Abram. You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land where they'll be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them. And in the end, they will come away with great wealth. Thank you. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at ripe old age. After four generations, your descendants will return to this land For the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their instruction. So Jesus, God was saying a foreshadow. He was telling Abraham, who wasn't Abraham yet, saying, hey, your descendants will be enslaved for 400 years. And then I'm going to take them out and punish the land who was their slaves. And you're saying, okay, what does that have to do with me? Egypt, listen, pay attention because this is a trick. Egypt was a place where sin was everywhere where they worship other gods where they did whatever happens now if you're following me and you're understanding me hello the world is Egypt right now we're a world where everything is okay, and sin is okay, and worship whatever God you want. You want to worship the moon, go worship something that was created that doesn't have any power. You want to worship the tree, worship the tree that today is here and tomorrow is gone. You want to worship the wind, worship the wind if you, you don't see it. You have trouble believing God, but you can. You, you want to worship the wind because you feel it. But that's okay, because when you come to church and you get a goosebump, you believe in God. But when you leave church and you're in the middle of the problem... I don't know who God is. But we forget that we believe in a God that is not seen. Because God is not a God of the outside. God said, I made my residence inside of you. God, I am with you. So the world is Egypt. Put these two together. One plus one equals two. The world was now is Egypt. And the sin is going rampant. And the sons and the daughters of God who were called the Christians are enslaved. What are you talking about in Slave Pastor Mike? I don't got no chains. No chains on me, KB. No chains on me right now, every Christian is oppressed. We can't pray in the school. If you talk about the sins, either burglary, murder, homosexuality, you're wrong. We can't worship God here. We can't talk about God here. You can't do this. We can't worship ourselves in our jobs. We can't talk about God because you get fired. You can't talk about nobody. It's a slaver. We don't have the freedom to express. And we can only come to church every fourth Sunday, and then we can worship. And even then, sometimes people have problems. Because in their minds, they're already enslaved. they rather please the world and be okay with the people than rather be worshiped in spirit and in truth by God. We are the Israelites right now enslaved. We right now are enslaved by these flesh that keeps sinning. We are trapped by our thoughts and our depression and our ego and our pride. Those are our chains. Sometimes the chains that you cannot see are harder to break than the chains that you see. Because let me tell you, there are people right now in jail that are praising God. That they are not free, but inside they are free indeed. And those who are coming to church are the ones who are free on the outside, but they're in shackles in their minds. Trapped by the thoughts of others. Thoughts because they want to chase the cloud and want to be better. Thoughts because I want to have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Thoughts because my best friend left me. Thoughts because I don't have a job. Thoughts because I don't have a car. Thoughts because I have no money. All those are being chained up to you right now. And this is what God was saying. He said to the people, listen, you need to let my people go. He's telling the ruler of this earth, you need to let my people go because I want them to worship me in freedom of the truth. All God wants is to set you free from this bondage that we are in, from this world that we are in. So what happened? What happened is that Moses talked to the Pharaoh and he said, oh, you're not going to let my people go? Let me, let me show you how God is going to work. I'm going to send some plagues. I'm going to send meteorites. I'm going to darken the moon. I'm going to, people are beginning to die. The water is going to turn into blood. Things are going to happen because the Lord said, I will show my hand. So everybody knows that I am working with my people, that I am calling my people forward, that I need my people forward. So all the 10 plagues of the Pharaoh was just a setup. So the Israelites could come out in freedom and worship God. So I'm telling you what. Everything that is happening right now is just a setup because my God is about to roll up the heavens and part the heaven and said, here I am. My people, you are free. Come up here and worship with me. Come up here where there is no pain, where there is no sorrow, where there is no sickness, where you don't have to work anymore. It is all a setup. Right now, these fires that happen, it's a setup. All these earthquakes, it's a setup. This new virus, it's a setup for God's glory to come to this earth. For the Christians to finally be lifted up high, it's a setup. And you're running scared. No, I am rejoicing because my God is soon coming. Because Jesus is coming soon. And you are going out there running about paper towels and toilet paper. I'm worrying about praying to God. I am worrying about my relationship with God. I want more of him. Because you can miss out on the toilet paper, but that's okay. You can still wash yourself. But let me tell you, if you miss out on eternity, if you miss out in heaven, you can't get that back, brothers and sisters. You have one chance to get to heaven, and if you're worrying about this virus and about the toilet, you're missing out the setup. You're missing out the big picture. Everybody's freaking out. You Christians should be celebrating because finally my salvation is coming. Finally, I can go with my God. Finally, a church, this is the time when you don't need to worry about your money. If Jesus comes, what's going to happen to your debt? Let the devil pay for your debt. Let the people who stake it. you want my car, take my car. You want my shoes, take my shoes. You want my shirt, I don't care. But I am not going to mess on salvation. I am not going to stay here to the tribulation. I am going with my God. Even if I have to grab him by the Jesus handles, I am going to heaven. So why do you need to worry about, church? You need to worry about your spiritual life. You need to start praying more. You need to start coming to church more. You need to start uh, giving your all to God. You need to, if you have those shackles in in your mind, if you have the depression that won't leave you alone, if you have the anxiety that keeps you up at night, I'm going to tell you a secret that probably nobody knows and nobody has heard of it. If you want to write it down, write it down, because this is a formula that will get rid of your anxiety and your depression and your your cloud chasing and your why now in, in your your, your fights with your girlfriend or your whatever I am about to give you something that will fix all of that and it's all found in the Bible with two men called Paul and Silas. these men were beaten were whipped and punched before they were thrown in the in the deepest darkest, most horrible place you could ever feel. In the most inner of the dungeons, they were in the, talking about sickness and tired. They were beaten almost to death. And after they were beaten, they were dragged. They took their shirts off, put them in the dungeons, in the most darkest place where the mind start getting depressed. Where they couldn't see the light. Where the rats were going through and even if that wasn't worse, because they having no food, they were beaten. They were in, in, in a darkest place. After all that, they put chains on them, So they couldn't even move. They couldn't even scratch themselves. They couldn't stretch their legs. They were all tied up nobody knew where they were, where they were going to live, where they were going to die, what was going to happen to us. And never once, I'm going to tell you this, church, and I hope you get it, never once in this text did Paul and Silas say, Jesus, have you forgotten about me? Jesus, are you going to set me free? Jesus, where are you? Jesus, I'm not going to give you my tithes anymore. Jesus, I'm not going to go to church. Not once did Paul and Silas question God. Never once Paul and Silas says, everybody has forsaken me. My friend, has left me. My girlfriend has left me. My wife has left me. Never once did they question that. But you know what they started to do? They started to worship God. They're saying, no matter what happened, my God is still a God. And I am going to worship in the good times, in the bad times. I'm going to tell you something, church, that I want you to understand. Their hands and their feet were shackled, but their mouth was free to worship God. Their mouth... I'm telling you, that whatever you declare with your mouth shall do. And what was one thing they do? I can't clap. I can't do anything with my feet. But with my mouth, I shall worship the Lord and said, I am free. I am free to dance. I am free to worship and rejoice. My God is the God. And when you start declaring and living by faith, when you start putting the God that is over everything, then the, the nature, the humanity that shackles the things that are made starts, Start reacting to the supernatural. And that's where you get the supernatural blessing. Where the shackles will set free. When they were worshiping, they didn't care about their pain. They didn't worry about their depression. They didn't even care they was hungry because again, it says in the word, that man shall not leave by bread alone. But, but the, everything that the word of God says that when you're, I want you to understand this: when you're weak, when your flesh is beating up, when your flesh is acting up, but when your spirit is strong, you can call on angels. You can defeat lions. Hey, you don't need to do much. You don't need to jump around. You don't need to lay hands. All you need to do is sit down in a little chair and start worshiping God. Find yourself two or three people who have the same fire because sometimes in the middle of your depression, you forget who you are. In the middle of your words because of what's happening around the world, a lot of Christians right now are forgetting who they are. Are forgetting that our God is bigger. Our God is stronger. Our God has never lost a battle. You are forgetting who you are. And Paul and Silas, even though they were beaten, they were hungry. They probably had headaches. They had a, a bruised ankle. They had bruised wrists. They didn't care. They were full of enemies and thieves and robbers and murderers. Nobody knew it was terrible, it was dark. There wasn't even a candle, but it didn't matter because of the inside of it. It was alive and inside the spirit of God was there where there was the light. Where is the light? The light was inside and the light started to beat the darkness and it started to shake the ground, and it started the earthquake to happen. The earthquake broke the chains and set the captives free. Not only that where they were free, but the whole jail was free because your worship will set people free, because your prayer will set people free. If you have people right now, if you have your mother, or your brother, or your brother, whoever that you know that they are dying spiritually, that they are depressed, that they need of a healing, you don't need to go out there and, and argue with them. You don't need to go out there and pray. All you need to go is why my God said you need to go to your inner room. You need to close yourself up, and you need to start doing spiritual warfare. You say, not today, Satan, because not today. Me and my family shall worship the Lord, and even if they forgot who you were, and even if they forgot who they were, I know who they are, and Father God, you are a God. You're a conqueror. You call it more than victorious. You call that you leave the 99 for the one, so I I'm declaring the word of God on my life. You need to remember who you are. You need to wake up that inner lion inside of you. Because if my God has never lost a battle, the church will never lose a battle. The only ones that will lose is you. When you make a decision to step out. When you make a decision to forget who you are, you are losing on the victories of God. You are losing on the blessings of God. I wish I had a church that wakes up and say, I don't care about my circumstances or the viruses. I don't care if there's earthquakes or an impeachment. I don't care if there's a war or even if the water was blood. My God is the provider. My God is the conqueror. My God is the alpha and the Omega. I am going to believe what I, not what I see by what I don't see. My God made this whole world out of a mess. Don't you think God can do anything with your life? My God decided to take murderers and liars and alcoholics and people who fought and make them the most apostles, make them the sons of God, make them who were in power. Because why? Because they knew who they were. They were killed, they were put in crosses, and never once did they ask God, why are you letting them kill me, God? Why did you, I'm no longer a fisherman, God. I left my job, and now they're going to kill me. Why? Because they knew who God was. Because they knew who they were. All that is happening, church. It's a setup. So stop worrying about who talked to you in your job and who didn't. Stop worrying about your friends who talking behind your back. I want you to understand what is God talking about you? What are the angels saying in heaven about you? Oh, did you see, did you see Pastor Mike? That even though people betrayed him and talked bad about him, that he would say he was not going to go anywhere and he was going to be failing. He is still standing strong. He's still believing God. And right here, after a month of starting the church, we got our own building. There is nothing that I can do, but the power of God can do it. When I agree with the Word of God, then there is unlimited power, unlimited favor, because my God is not a God who gets tired. And if you say, but I'm tired, Pastor Mike, of the depression, of my parents, of my job, I am tired, then this is what the Lord said. He will renew your strength, and you shall fly like eagles. You should go Higher than your problems, I am speaking life to you today. I don't know who I'm talking to you, but I'm telling you, come those who are weary and just tired, and I shall give you rest. They shall um, come on, they shall renew their strength, and they shall wings like eagle. You're about to go in. I, I, I want to church. I'm telling you, God is saying, you're about to go into a new dimension. The whole church is about to be hidden in the presence of God, and I see it spiritually. That now we're going to go into a moment where there's a supernatural covering, where there's a bomb who's going to explode because there's a ministry. There's a ministry and the bomb that I'm talking about is spiritually, where the power of God will set free the captors. Right now is the moment where the church needs to hunker down in prayer and in fasting. I don't care if five people show up, if a hundred people show up. All I need is two or three people, the words of God says. All I need is two or three people who are on fire of God and are saying, I am going to stand up right now and I am going to believe. Come on, if that's you, can you just stand up for a second and start praising God? I just need two or three people. I just need two or three people that are believing God. I don't care if my mother or father leave me. With all of that, the Lord will grab me. With all of that, the Lord will take me. I'm telling you, this is a setup. This is a setup. I need you not to worry about what's happening or who talks behind your back or who's saying whatever. It is about what God is doing right now. It is what God can do through you. It is about to endure, like Jesus said. Endure, endure, endure the pain. Endure the people backstabbing you. Endure the people talking behind your back. Endure the people, because the word of God said, you will be hated, you will be arrested, you will be put in prison. You shouldn't be surprised. You shouldn't be surprised. The world is being taken by surprise. But you, you should be glorifying God. Glory for those who by in my name they are persecuted. Church, don't put the importance on other people. But put the importance of God. Jesus spoke about this 2,000 years ago. In the New Testament, even, even 400 years, even that, when Abram, he was called Abram. This is what I'm doing. It's all a setup, so my glory can be shone through so I can use my people. Come on. I feel that there are Moses in this house right now. There are Moses who's going to go back to their home. And set their mothers and brothers free. Who will go to their deepest closet of prayer and worship. Their secret room. And they will start doing battles. And they will go and say to the Pharaoh of this world. Let my people go. Let my people go. My God is saying let my people go. So they can worship me. So they can go to the Mount of Zion and worship me. I feel it in the Spirit. There are Moses in this house. Spiritually speaking, there are people in this house that are the light in the middle of the darkness. Oh, come on. Don't lose your worship in the middle of darkness. Don't lose your worship in the middle of the darkness. You need to be worshiping in your car, in your job, in your house, in the bathroom, in the kitchen, wherever you are. Take the presence of the Lord with you. Oh, Moses said, God, if you don't come with us, I don't want to go at all. So today, God, if you're not with me, I don't want to leave this church. If you're not with me, I don't want to go to work. If you're not with me, I don't want to face the world, but it's up to you. To keep your worship. It's up to you to keep your prayer. Can we sing, I'm going to see a victory. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. Remember, before you have the victory, you have to see it first. Close your
0: eyes and see your victory.